Hello and welcome to the Mastin Kip Podcast. I'm your host, Mastin Kip, and I am the creator of Functional Life Coaching, where we discover the root cause emotional blocks that are holding you back from success. And I'm also the creator of Trauma Hacking, helping you turning your nervous system into your ally, and the best-selling author of the book, Claim Your Power, and also a trauma survivor advocate. And this podcast is from my heart to yours. I'm going to share with you all kinds of different things, uh, different coaching uh, experiences that I've had with people, um, different parts of my life, maybe an excerpt from a seminar, different interviews with friends and thought leaders, all about how to get unstuck, how to hack your nervous system, how to turn your nervous system into your ally and really get the edge so that you can really live your dreams, uh, live your purpose, and most importantly, pay it forward. So I hope you enjoy today's episode. One favor I have for you is this. If you love this podcast, remember to subscribe to it. And if you feel called, please feel free to leave a review because reviews really matter, helps us spread the word and helps other people really discover this podcast. So if this was valuable to you, please feel free to leave a review and subscribe to the podcast. And if there's anything in this episode or any episode that really strikes you as an aha moment, shoot us an email to hello at mastinkip.com. Tell us which episode it was and about what time, uh, the breakthrough was in the episode so that we can really know because I'd love to hear from you what your aha moments are. I love hearing that and my team loves hearing that too. So without any further ado, please enjoy this episode of the Mass and Kip podcast. Okay, we covered the primary difference between coaches and therapists and wellness professionals that have consistent and steady, uh, abundant cash flow. Who wants consistent cash flow. Let me see if I show hands. Consistent money coming in, right? Raving fan clients who are excited to work with you, okay? Versus, and also who are leading in the field, right? Who are really standing out leading in the field versus those who are stuck, those who have uh, a side hustle, aren't really doing their thing, who are burned out and not working with ideal clients. And what we shared with you yesterday was that main differentiator is actually a high ticket offer, Okay, a high ticket offer. And so um, what I want to really focus on today is, let me make sure I get my slides here uh, going the right way. Um, what I also want to make sure that we shared today or what we talked about yesterday was how easy it is to lose confidence, to sell and to share about what you have to offer to the world. Who here feels like confidence is a really hard thing for you? Let me see if I show hands if that's you. I know for me that that's a big deal, right? So not only is the high ticket offer the thing that's going to help you get there, the problem is is that the the confidence, and we saw a lot of people sharing around how hard that it is with the, com- the lack of confidence to be able to move forward, okay? So today what we're going to cover are the top 10 mistakes that coaches and therapists and wellness professionals make when it comes to creating, promoting, and selling high ticket offers, Okay. And I think you may see yourself in some of these things. And here's what I, here's what, one of the things that's so beautiful. Okay. We can spend, we meaning not like me pretending to be somebody else speaking in the third person, like we, okay. Like I literally mean we, okay. As a group of people who want to help others can spend a lot of time in pain in business, but not ever know what our problem is. Who follows? This makes sense, right? Now, I am not really into diagnoses as an identity, right? However, it is so liberating to go from a place of not knowing what my problem is 
to knowing what my problem is. Because once we know what your problem is, what can we do? We know what to do to change it. Who follows? This makes sense, right? So sometimes we lose that confidence and we get so confused and so overwhelmed and feel like we're grabbing everywhere because on some level, we may or may not even be aware that we don't even know what our problem is. Like, I don't, like, what is my problem in business, right? Is it the market? Is it me? Is it something I said? Was it that Facebook post? Is, there can be all these things. And if we can start to understand what your specific problem is, then we know what action to take to shift and actually get the result. Who follows? Does this make sense? Okay. Does that make sense, y'all? I just want to make sure that makes sense. Okay. Beautiful. Okay. Now, why is a high ticket offer so powerful? Okay. What is so powerful about a high ticket offer? And by the way, any stage of business that you're in, high ticket offers are the answer for sustainable cash flow, right? You could be doing seminars. You could be doing challenges. You could be doing launches. You could be doing webinars. Okay. You could be doing membership sites. Okay. All beautiful things. Okay. But the fastest path to cash and the fastest path to income is a high ticket offer. And here's the thing. I love membership sites. However, you need to have a high number of people to be able to really make any meaningful levels of income. Okay. Who, who here, anyone here watch like Shark Tank? So in Shark Tank, fan? I love Shark Tank, right? So when I when I watch Shark Tank and I like and I love when like they start to ask questions about the business, get into the metrics of the business, right? And they're like, we did a million dollars this year. And it's like, wow. And they had deals in Target and Walmart and all these places, right? And they were selling something for like five bucks, right? Which means you'd have to sell two hundred thousand units to make a million dollars. And doesn't even include costs to promote and ship and all that type of stuff, right? So membership sites are beautiful, but usually at a high volume, right? And if you're interested in a membership site, okay, because recurring revenue is beautiful, a high ticket version of that with low numbers of people is the fastest path to profitability too, because it takes a team and a lot of work to maintain scalable membership sites. Who follows? This makes sense? Okay. And many people want to start membership sites because they may be burned out, okay, by doing it another way. And so we're going to talk today about Let's, let's shift and pause for a moment on what you think your solution is at the moment. No matter where you are in business, if you're just getting started, maybe you've gotten started, maybe you're starting to scale a little bit, maybe you've been doing high ticket offers and either they're not converting or they're burning you out, like wherever you are in that spectrum, okay, I would invite you to pause for a moment on what you think the solution is and let's see what comes up today so that we can help you accurately identify what your problem is first because it's possible that you have not accurately identified your problem yet, okay? Now, the thing about high ticket offers and why I'm such a fan of them is because if you get a high ticket offer, you can launch a highly profitable business with no list, okay? We had a client once who came home from one of our immersion experiences after crafting their offer and signed up their first client on the plane, Okay, like literally right next to them on the plane, okay? So like this idea that I had to have a big email list or big social media following the, the, or now the word be influencer, like whatever it is, right? Those are all vanity metrics, okay? Vanity metrics. How big is my email list? How big is my platform? There are people who have millions of followers 
that can't convert it into sustainable sales, okay? So don't get tripped up in comparison and vanity metrics, okay? High-ticket offers help you launch a highly profitable business with no list, okay? Also, they help you generate immediate revenue without complex launches or promotions that might not convert, okay? For every big launch or big thing that you see happen out there that like is like, you know, Oh my God, so-and-so's killing it. There's like 10,000 in a graveyard somewhere that didn't work that you haven't heard of, okay? And so it's not that we shouldn't be doing things at scale, right? But the thing is, is that if you want immediate revenue that's sizable, that that really moves the needle for you in your lifestyle, high-ticket offers are the way to go. They provide massive profitability, okay? Because there there isn't a lot of cost to deliver them. Who follows? Does this make sense? Okay. There's no, like when you start to scale like online courses and membership sites, which are beautiful, by the way, there's team and there's ads and there's spend that has to go into that. And then you get someone into a membership, but then they cancel the next month. Like there's so many things that have to happen to make that stuff work. High ticket offers don't have that problem. Okay. Also with a high ticket offer, you get paid for research and development. Right, so if you're the, a lot of the questions that you're asking about what you're not sure about, the beauty in the high ticket offer is that if you do it the right way, the way you get the answer is through selling, serving, and finding out. Okay, a lot of you think you have to get it done perfectly beforehand, but that's not the case. Okay, high ticket offers also help turn cold leads or people who don't know you into raving fans because of the transformational experience that you're going to provide with a high ticket offer. And one of my favorite things, who here's ever heard about this term ideal client? Who's heard this term? What's the feeling that you feel? Okay. What's the feeling that you feel when you hear those words? Hot, ideal client. Like just type in the chat. By the way, Jenna is reminding me, the person who left our retreat that got her first client, it was for an $11,000 offer. Thank you for that reminder, Jenna. Right? When you think about ideal client, those two words, how, what, what feeling... What does it feel like in your body? Pop it into the chat real quick. I'm curious. How's that feel for you? Restricted. Um, don't identify it. It's not perfect. It won't result. Some people say it's ease with some ease. So there's some people think it's ease, right? But for the most part, what we see with people when it comes to ideal clients is confusion. Like who the f- is my ideal client? <laughs> okay. And so... The cool thing about high ticket offers is you get paid to discover that because you're never going to know it beforehand, right? You work with people and over time you start to figure out who are your ideal people. I've been in business 15 years. I'm consistently refining who my ideal clients are. Also, because I'm changing, right? Who I was 10 years ago versus who I am now, I want to serve a different market. So my ideal client can change with me over time as I'm changing too. So who your ideal client was five years ago, maybe pre-pandemic, may not be your ideal client now, right? Who follows? This makes sense, okay? And high-ticket offers help you start now, okay? When? When do we get to start? Now, okay? So with that said, let's talk about the top 10 mistakes that people make when it comes to high-ticket offers. Okay. First mistake. First mistake is they make offers that are not aligned with solving a problem 
that uses their unique gifts, strengths, and talents. Okay? You might have an offer that's aligned with your unique gifts, strengths, and talents, but it doesn't solve a problem. Okay? Or you might have an offer that solves a problem, but it's not really lined up with the stuff that lights you up. Right? And also... There can be a lack of awareness of what your gifts are because most people don't know what their gifts are. Most people think they know what their gifts are, but they are actually very unclear because growing up, our gifts were not praised typically. What was praised were the things that would bring you money and certainty in the future. You can be a highly talented accountant who is gifted at intuitive coaching, right? So you may not be aware of what your actual gifts are. And how and what happens is there's a lack of awareness of what your actual gifts are. And then when offers are made, they're made either with those gifts in mind, but they don't solve a problem, or they solve a problem, but they're not lined up with gifts. Your gifts. Who follows? Does this make sense? Okay. Is that making sense? Okay. Next. Your product or your offer does not have what's called product market fit. Okay, and what does that mean? It means that the product that you're making, the offer that you're selling is not lined up with what the market wants. And this is the danger in doing overthinking in who your ideal client is without actual market research, okay? People do all this guessing on who they think their ideal client is, what they think their problems are, right? So product market fit is when what you offer, the thing that you're offering meets a need, that's in the market. And there's a way to figure that out in terms of data, okay? And it also, you get you figure that out not with just with data, but with working with people as well, okay? Another mistake, the third mistake is, is that their offer is not differentiated from other offers and is not presented in a way that is irresistible to ideal clients, okay? You could have the bee's knees, in terms of transformational potential of what you are offering, but it doesn't look different and it's not presented in a way that's irresistible to ideal clients, okay? And one of my favorite things to focus on is differentiation, which is why we'll talk about that tomorrow in more detail, okay? Next, (laughs) okay? The offer isn't shared. I know that sounds so basic, but a lot of people that we meet do not actually share that they have something for sale. <laughs> they don't let people know that they have something for sale. Okay? And like I know that is like the most basic thing in the world, but literally the majority of our clients who get their first client just let people know they have something for sale and somebody signs up. I know it sounds so basic, but that is literally, literally, okay, um, uh, a problem that we see with many people is they do not either share or promote the fact that they have an offer, okay? Um, or if they are doing it, they're doing it to the wrong audience, right? So if you are sharing it and promoting it, it's to the wrong audience. And a lot of times what happens is that mirrors childhood issues where who you are really isn't celebrated. And so you're trying to change and adapt to be something you're not for, for people who aren't your right fit right? So either you're not sharing it and promoting it, or if you are, it's to the wrong audience, okay? You could sell, for example, I don't know, headache medicine to a room of a thousand people, but if only one person has a headache, you're not going to convert. But if that room has like a thousand people with a headache, you're going to sell out, 
right? So either you're not sharing it or you're sharing it with the wrong audience, okay? Next, if you share the offer and actually get into a sales process, the sales process is not trauma-informed or therapeutic, both for you and for the client, okay? And we are big on this. We really believe that sales can be trauma-informed. In fact, Jenna, who is my business partner, has created a trauma-informed sales process that is genius. And believe it or not, the sales process can be therapeutic. Now, who here thinks that that might be a relatively new idea for you, that sales can be trauma-informed and therapeutic? I'm just kind of curious. You think that that might be new? Because a lot of people associate sales with like being traumatized, right? Or being slimy or sleazy, right? But when it comes to transformation, you want to make your sales process trauma-informed and therapeutic for you so that you get better at it and it's help healing you and your money stuff and also really helping your clients step into the transformation you're offering them, okay? The sixth mistake, okay, is the choice to pivot your offering or persevere with your current offer, okay, is based on feelings, not data, and typically negative feelings, okay? There is a way to pivot based on data that makes sense, but people use the word pivot nowadays to justify insecurity, comparison, and like and a reaction to something versus doing it based on actual data and KPIs, okay? If you pivot based on feelings, then you may be, go, you're definitely going in the wrong direction, right? And also sometimes you're attached to something that if you're honest, isn't really converting, okay? So you could have the other thing. You really love this thing so much, right? But it's not converting. So it can be both. One, you could pivot because you feel like, oh, you know what? I feel insecure, which is not data that you want to look at, right? Or you could be really confident that this is the bee's knees, but no one's showing up, right? So you'd be overconfident too. So the pivot or persevere decision needs to be made on data, not feelings. Who follows? Does this make sense? Okay. Next. Um, <laughs> we meet a lot of people. This next one is like, I feel this because this used to be me so hard. Okay. Um, the offer that... <laughs> okay. The offer that you're making is based on what you need and are going through right now. <laughs> okay. No. Okay. No. Right. Like we see people change their offer all the time because what they're going through is constantly changing and they think the right offer to make is based on what they're going through right now. <laughs> okay. And like that is also not the right offer to make because one, you, you haven't gone through it yet and you haven't embodied it and that wouldn't be an integrity. But it's, you want to make an offer based on something that you can deliver not based on what you necessarily need to go get help with. Okay, who follows? This makes sense? Okay. And I, I, I like laugh at that because I used to literally just do that all the time. And I was so unconscious of the fact that I was doing that, right? So yeah, it's like important to understand that the offer should be for what the market needs and what you're able to serve them with versus what you're going through right now. Okay. Um, Carolina says... What if we are still healing from trauma and want to help clients with trauma? The assumption, Carolina, is that there's an arrival point in healing trauma, which there is not. And we can talk about that later in Q&A if you want. 
Okay. Another major mistake that we see, okay, is that people think adding in more stuff will make it more valuable. Okay. If I just put in 85 things, right, it's going to be more valuable. Okay. And what we find a lot of times is less is more. Okay. But more is not always more valuable. Who follows? This makes sense. Okay. Next, thinking that your offer has to be perfect before you make it. Okay. Stops a lot of people. You want to be making lots of imperfect offers because every offer is imperfect. Okay. And then finally, the 10th mistake that people make, okay, is you're like, Mastin, I'm data-driven. I'm using feedback to make decisions, but you're using feedback from the wrong people, okay? The customer, who's heard this term before? The customer's always right. Who's heard this before? Okay, that is, how should I put this? That is just plain wrong, Okay. The customer is not always right. Your ideal client is, okay? So if you decide to pivot or change or bring in feedback, you don't want it to be from your friends and your family, right? I have people come to me all the time and ask me about their offers and what what I think about them. And I'm like, I'm not even your ideal client. Why are you asking me that question, right? I take enough care of them to say like, I don't know. Like, I don't really, like I literally one time, Someone asked me to give to give feedback on like a period self care offer for like a women women's period, right? And I was like, "Hello, like, how could I possibly know if this is a good offer or not? Like, look at me, okay? Like, what? Okay? Now, there's ways to find out, but don't ask me for my opinion. I'm gonna give you the wrong information, right? Who follows? This makes sense." Right, So we got to be careful who you're getting feedback from and where you get your feedback and where you get your data, your data sources, okay? So those are the top 10 mistakes. Not aligning with a problem that also aligns with your gifts. Um, you don't have product market fit. You're not differentiated or it's not presented in an irresistible way. Um, you don't share it or promote it or if you do, it's to the wrong audience, okay? Um, the sales process is not trauma-informed or therapeutic. Um, also... Uh, the choice to pivot or persevere uh, in your offer is based on feelings, not data and facts. Um, the offer you need, um, oh, it's been, <laughs> it's an offer that you need, not what you should be making, right? So it's something that you're going through right now, okay? Also, thinking more stuff is more valuable. Um, thinking that your offer has to be perfect before you can make it and you're using the wrong feedback to make decisions, okay? Now, there is an 11th mistake, Okay, we can call this like a bonus, okay? The worst mistake people make when it comes to high ticket offers is never making them, never promoting them, and never selling them, and never pivoting them because they are doing it alone. So you might be making them you might be promoting them, you might be selling them, you might be pivoting them, but the biggest mistake is going through that process alone, okay? So the top 10 mistakes I just shared with you, of those top 10, the worst mistake is trying to do those, fix those 10 problems by yourself. Who follows? This makes sense? Hey, 
Hey, it's Mastin. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. And before we wrap up, if you found value in this, one of the best ways to get this trauma-informed information to the world, if that's something that you want to do and to be a part of spreading the word, I would be so very grateful if you could leave a review on Apple or Spotify podcasts so that uh, you can review this. And hopefully it's a good review, but please leave an honest review. And especially if you want to leave a five-star review, I would be super stoked on that. But of course, just make it honest. But my goal is to share more trauma-informed information with the world. And I need your help to spread this information and reviews matter. So if you feel called to do that, would very much appreciate it. If you got value from this episode and from this podcast, we very much appreciate it. And uh, thank you so much for hearing me out. And if you feel called, please leave a review on Apple or Spotify, and we'll see you in the next episode.